Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 19, Unfinished Business. The original air date for this episode was May 15th, 1989. This was the uh, season finale for Season 4. And I think it was called Unfinished Business because it's not a finished episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's a club show. Um, it was directed by Charles Corral, and it was written by Marianne Clarkson, who we previously had write uh, the Tommy Giordano episode. Mm-hmm. Um, write is a strong word for a club show. But yeah, well. Why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, uh, Pete, MacGyver, and Jack are out on another Jack-related adventure while a mysterious stranger from MacGyver's past is out to kill him. This is actually the most down-to-earth plan that Jack has ever had. Yeah, as really, much as literally. It's like, yeah, <laughs> down-to-earth. Um, in that he he's just panning for gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess he just has higher expectations of the of the payload, but yeah. panning for gold is a way that people actually make money. Yeah. It's, as it's, opposed it's, to, like, it's a let's thing. go find some, like, sunken Spanish galleon. Um but yeah, we start with we we start with a first person view. Yeah, a lot of first person footage in a in a prison. Mm-hmm. And and we see no other prisoners, and we only see like the guards. Uh, so we're following this. We are the prisoner as the camera coming out of prison, getting uh, the belongings to the prisoner, signing off on the on the stuff. You know. Yeah. Fr- Frank Oz is behind the desk handing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one black suit, one black hat. <laughs> And uh, then the guards lead this person outside to where there's a vehicle suspiciously waiting with two gentlemen sitting inside. Right. And the person approaches the car, and out of the passenger side, they hand over information on MacGyver. Yeah, MacGyver and a map with a location circled on it. And the guy who's driving, who's in the passenger seat, who's giving the information, is like, I don't know why you'd want to do this. Like, you just got out, and I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's, like, really trying to talk this person out of it. But the person hands him $2,000 in an envelope, which I guess they went into prison with because they got came out with it. Yeah, that's true, yeah. It's like $2,000 in an envelope. Anytime I go to prison, I always bring enough money to pay people for information on my way out. Which is odd because... This person. I can't say without spoiling it, can I? Not yet. Yeah. All right. Well, how many people do we know that have gone to prison? Most of them (laughs) die, don't they? (laughs) <laughs> they stab themselves with swords. Know, Murdoch's never been caught, so this is not Murdoch. Yeah, uh, I won't spoil the surprise. We'll, Just we'll cut come up. back to it. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> is, is it even that much of a surprise? <laughs> I want to save it. I want it to be a surprise. So out on the river, right, where Pete MacGyver, this and... prisoner was also given a car. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, two thousand dollars bought this person MacGyver's location, a car, the means. Of and killing him and and a vehicle to follow him. It's it's a it's a bargain. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, Widowmaker. Oh, totally. Actually, a lot of Widowmaker because you know flashbacks out in the wilderness and flashbacks, and then this car mm-hmm. is this haunting character is following them through the woods. Right. Uh, well, Pete MacGyver and Jack are basically working on a, a sluice box, like they. Is there, they're not so much panning. I mean, yeah. it is panning in a sense. Um, it's the same principles. Um, and they do actually use a pan at some point. Yeah. But 
they're basically trying to filter out all the large rocks down to the smaller rocks, down to the mud, because large rocks, you could see whether or not it was gold right away. Right. So they, they need to get into the mud. Which w- MacGyver calls concentrate. Yeah. And which Jack misunderstands as, like, a command. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, so we're going to put the mud in the pan, right? Concentrate. I am trying to. Uh, so... They, they have a pan that's hooked up to a bike, so they don't actually have to pan it themselves. Which is the MacGyverism of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the only MacGyverism of this episode. I also assume that the, he either fixed the sluice machine, because there's water coming out of it. Yeah. So so he must have... They must have had some kind of pump. How's water getting into it? I mean, there's got to be... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there, there's more to this than we're seeing, but anyway. But Jack hops on the bike to start the panning, mm-hmm. and he gets real excited about it and just starts charging full speed. And yeah. Pete's also being really dumb. Yeah, just standing there, just taking it. Just getting sprayed by this pan. And he's like, Jack, can you slow down? Jack, Jack, you're getting me all wet. Jack, slow down. And it's like, Pete, just take like one step to the yeah, side. Yeah, just one step. Uh, and so they finally they finally stop and they take a look and see what's what's left because the gold would would be left because it's, it's, it's heavier. Yeah. And there's just a little bit of gold powder. And yeah. I almost wondering if they actually panned. Panned that much? Like, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, they have a sluice and they have pans there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just a little bit of a powder on MacGyver's finger. And Jack's like, That's it? What, what is this going to estimate to? It's like uh, 15 bucks a week. 15 bucks a week, like of, of 40 hour weeks of panning for gold. Yeah, split that three ways. You get a Netflix account. <laughs> um, I estimated, uh, based on the value of gold at the time, that $15 a week would mean that uh, they were only getting 0.03 ounces of gold a week. <laughs> That's not very good. <laughs> That's very little gold. <laughs> um, give me the gold. Give me I the want gold. the gold. <laughs> a lot of go- you know, gold rush. You know, We just had that episode recently. Yeah. Uh, all that, all those bars of gold. So you can get, you can get an actual, actual kind of mental MacGyver image of how much gold they're getting versus yeah. how much gold they could have. Whereas <laughs> I should have just taken some of that gold from that Russian. Yeah, why didn't we just sneak one of those bars out? It's probably a quarter million dollars just for a bar of gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, the uh, prisoner drives up in their car and uh, gears up with uh, their weapon of choice. A just a big, huge, like nickel-plated. Desert Eagle-ish kind of looking gun with a yeah. scope on it. Yeah. Wh- whether or not you needed the scope for a gun like that or not. Uh, and uh, they make their way towards where they're working. And now we start getting a lot of flashbacks. This is where the clips start coming in. Yeah. Because it's all about... Uh, they make a joke about MacGyver fixing something for Jack and we get a scene from Rock the Cradle. I think we start in the plane so that we don't have to explain how he convinced MacGyver to get in an airplane with him. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and we see that Dalton Air is, like, the word Dalton is just plastered over whatever was there previously, but the yeah. word Air is still part of the plane. Yeah, it's, like, handwritten on, on like, white tarp that's yeah. just strapped down over the top of the plane. And the, the plane is clearly, like, seen better days. It's yeah. it's struggling to keep up in the air. It's making all kinds of noises and yeah. rattling. And the... the left side engine keeps cutting out yeah and uh and so you know macgyver is just 
uh, at a loss because things just keep breaking down on the plane. But luckily, they're only 10 miles away from the airfield. Right. Unluckily, yeah. uh, as they go to engage the landing gear, only one side comes down, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a neat shot. We just see the landing gear come down on the on the right side of the plane, yeah. on the guyver side, but the one underneath uh, Jack is not coming down. And the Jack points it out on the dash and says, see these lights? The good news is that green light means that your landing gear came down <laughs> on your side, but uh, mine did not. Um, there's a lot of really good like professional flying being done here because the yeah. plane the plane is only only has one engine running yeah um you know they they actually we don't even know for sure that any of the engines are running I, f- I feel like they might have turned them both off but we're only looking at one engine at a time uh i i think some of the wide shots you can see that one engine is still running. you do see both yeah okay um so i mean you know you I, definitely see them put down one of the landing gear yeah and leave exactly. the other one up yeah uh so i don't know why those would come down individually maybe for maintenance purposes or something mm. Uh, so Mac has to go and check it uh, by like climbing down into the actual wheel well of the landing gear. And luckily, he had the foresight to put on a parachute. It, yeah, the only parachute that yeah. they had, uh, because uh, he. I says, feel like I would just have one of those on anytime I was in a plane with Jack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he's like, Jack's all. We only have the one parachute. Yeah. Well, whose fault is that? Yeah. He was like, Well, what about me? He's like, Well, the captain always goes down with the ship. <laughs> um. So Mac has it on as an emergency uh, uh, procedure. Yeah. Um, but uh, when he sees that the hydraulic line has completely been uh, drained for the one landing gear, he grabs a like an oxygen. I guess it's an oxygen tank. I, this plane doesn't seem like it's it the kind that flies high enough to require it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but they they have one on board, and he instead of a. Uh, Using it, the hydraulic line, he makes it a pneumatic line. And speaking of their shallow flight, the the footage when we're seeing him do this repair looks like they're maybe like, yeah, like a thousand feet up. Like it, the, it, the yeah, houses barely. look really close behind him. We, we we can clearly see cars driving. Yeah. Uh, Pools in people's backyards. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's great footage. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, like the, 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 the straight down footage that we're seeing through the wheel well looks really good. Yeah. Um, and it must be just blue screen that they shot. Through the wheel but well. but there's yeah. clearly a drop there because then, when he finally gets this thing all reconnected, yeah, and comes the down. landing gear comes down because it was already in the position to lower, and then he just falls through with it, and yeah. you see him like catching on things, right? But then, eventually loses his grip. Yeah, like the 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 landing gear greasy, oily, or for whatever, probably the hydraulic fluid, right? Yeah. Like leaked all over it, and so he is forced to to fall off and deploy his parachute. But luckily, when he does. He's much higher up in the air. Yeah, suddenly they're, they're thousands of feet up. And then uh, MacGyver, like Jack suggests, maybe they go look for a mi- an old mine that they might have more success. Yeah, and get a gold. <laughs> MacGyver's like, oh, I'm never going into a mine with you again. So at this point, the warden pulls out a stick of dynamite and he says, Well, now it's time to get rid of you. And this seems like the most effective way is yeah. to blow you up with dynamite. Yeah. Um, we have guns. We have guns and batons, and there's a pit Several of water of here. Us here. We all have guns. Uh, we could just knock you over the head and throw you in this water until you drown. There's so many things we could do, but blowing them up seems like... We're going like to tell that. everyone the story about how you tried to light a candle, and it turned out it was a stick of dynamite. Yeah, and just no like... wonder why there's been electricity running to this mine and all these functional lights for so long, and yeah. you needed a candle. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. Anyway... 
it's a dumb plan. Yep. <laughs> so while they're the, not excited to be a part of it. Yeah. While the warden is gloating over his brilliant plan of blowing them up with dynamite, MacGyver grabs a the cable from the winch and hooks it onto the sheriff's belt and murders him. Yeah, but yeah, he, essentially he drags him down into the, into the water to the unknown. Yeah. Uh, we don't know, which also seems weird. Because I can understand winching back, so it's pulling the thing back in. But what's causing the sheriff to go into the water? What do you mean? Well, the briefcase is already in the water. Well, yeah, but it it was on a chain that was that was going to something on the other end. Oh, but what's on the other end? That's what I don't get. Like it's on. Well, like a, yeah, I don't of... know what is on the other end, but there's definitely a chain running from the post straight into the water down to the bottom of this cave, and, and then back the, up. The yeah, and so okay. the um. The briefcase was just hanging on the chain. Okay. And so it was, that's why it was moving back All right, down so it's like up. it's almost it's like a conveyor. It's belt, like a like winch a that's wrapped around something okay. at the bottom. It's yeah. I, I couldn't wrap my head around what was happening. It's like well, how is he being winched out into the water? Yeah, I think I think that that in the story presumably that BB must have jumped down there, mm-hmm. wrapped the chain around something, and then connected it to the briefcase so that the briefcase would get pulled as far down as possible. Okay. And that then, makes sense. And then he hooks it to the guy's belt. Yeah. And the guy basically gets pulled completely underwater. Exactly. Because they don't do anything And at stop. the end of the scene, we don't hear him splashing around in yeah. there. Or like, hey, you guys come and let me go. It's like, no, he, he's, he's drowned. Yeah, he's dead. He pulled him underwater and he's dead. Um, and so the warden is only armed with a stick of dynamite. So my guy punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> because um, so, it turns out a dynamite, dynamite stick is not an effective weapon until it, it is. Yeah. Um, that causes the warden to drop it onto a lantern that was broken right. and now uh, lights the stick. Right. And instead of st- throwing the stick of dynamite into the water... Or tearing the fuse off, or, which you're yeah. supposed to be able to do. Yeah. He he throws it into the bag of money and then carries the bag of money, Yeah, throws the bag of money towards the entrance of the cave. That's yeah, to be try the- and cause a cave in. <laughs> And of course, it blows up the case of money. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and everyone's fine except yeah. for the sheriff, um, who's dead. And their tinnitus. All right. And then, uh, see, this what I don't like about this whole sequence is that it's all just picking on Jack. Because yeah. now Pete starts picking on Jack. Yeah. He's like, oh, and then there was a time you got involved with that jewelry heist. As they're walking toward the plane, two men come out of uh, one of the offices. Yell stop, but then immediately start opening fire. Yeah, they they don't even wait long enough to determine that this is officially the people with the jewels or anything. Yeah, they well, just start shooting at MacGyver, who's unarmed, standing at the end of the yeah. the ladder into the plane. Yeah, Mister Turbe yells, "It's thieves!" and hides in the plane. And so you know, Max signals for Jack to to, to take the plane down the tarmac just yeah. just to get it going. And luckily, there's a fire truck there. It's not a fire; it's a foam truck. Right. You know, for for flame retardant foam yeah and, and they just blast these two guys with yeah it so that they knock them to the ground yeah they 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 have been you i believe you described it as like stay puffed marshmallow. yeah yeah they're just completely covered in stay puffed marshmallow um and they just get knocked to the floor as the plane takes off and then jack turns it around on him and he's like oh but as i recall we saved your life in that mm. in that episode he should have said so uh, Donay pulls a gun on Pete, which is a weird commercial break moment. Yeah. Because they pull... We come back and Pete's dead. Yeah, because they, they're, they're like cocking their guns and they're all goodbye. 
it's like reaching for the trigger and cut. Yeah. And then they come back. You hear a bang and they come back. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, so now Pete's still stalling for time. Yeah. He's like. Well, He's just can't... like, I'll give you sixteen million dollars if you let me go. He's <laughs> like, you can't kill me in front of these witnesses. <laughs> Danae's all, they're not witnesses. They're they're accomplices. They're buying stolen jewels. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I never thought of that." Yeah, because because even even the even the buyers are all like, "Kill him so we can get business done." Yeah, and then they're slowly moving in on Pete. Meanwhile, yeah. back in the wine cellar, they're officially setting off the uh, the nitrous tanks mm-hmm. that are all connected to this giant barrel on wheels. Yeah, and they crack off the heads and just blast it through a wall. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It just happens to go right into their tasting room. Right into the tasting room and not kill Pete. Yeah, it breaks open a brick wall and surprises everyone. Yeah. And somehow MacGyver and Jack are able to get in around it and knock out anyone who wasn't knocked out by the barrel coming through the door. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, because but somehow Pete's fine. Because Mac comes in and punches Donay once. Yeah. And then we see Pete and Jack fight a guy. Then Donay is back on his feet. Yeah. And MacGyver has to punch him again. Yeah. It's just like, oh, man. At this point, the prisoner is now getting closer and closer. And uh, Pete is tired of Jack's nonsense and says, I'm going to do some fishing. Yeah. And he brought, like, a pocket fisherman with him. Yeah. It's like some kind of crazy retracting uh, fishing pole. Yeah. And when he goes down to the river... The prisoner comes running up behind him and just whacks him over the head with a gun. Yeah. Really hard. Like, Enough that he's bleeding instantly. Yeah. It's like not – usually when you get those kinds of hits, they just go down. Yeah. But this is like, oh, no, there's blood. He's 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 hurt. Yeah. Um, and as they start moving the body, like a storm's coming. There's like lightning and thunder. Never comes into play for the rest of the right, episode, yeah, yeah. except for one yeah, scene. Yeah, it's bright and sunny for the whole rest of it. Yeah, um, there's just one scene where it's raining on Jack and Mac as they come looking for Pete. Yeah. So that's why we better put in a noise to indicate yeah, that indicate, it's because yeah. it started raining on the set that day. Yeah. Um, but only for that one moment. Yeah. <laughs> they should have just shot another day. <laughs> um, so they hear um. As the prisoner grabs, because Pete's now conscious somehow, because uh, there was a commercial break, and then Pete is somehow on his feet, being yeah. led away. Yeah. Um, and the prisoner fires like one, two, and then one, two, three. I was like, "You're How using bullets. A, you're wasting for <laughs> You're wasting bullets to get MacGyver's attention. One would have given him the attention. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so this person's leading Pete. Uh, uh, away, and that's when MacGyver and Jack find the bloody fisherman's hat. Right. Um, and so they start trying to piece together who might be after Pete, and uh, they mention Weber from early retirement. Right. Who did go to prison. Mm-hmm. But that's yesterday's newspaper. Right. <laughs> As Weber was so fun to say. Pete and Mac dive out and knock out Weber and... Uh, one of the other guys that's with him, I can't remember. I think remember. it's Reese. And, but uh, Weber manages to pull out another gun. Which we see him tuck into his coat pocket earlier. Right. So. And uh, so he's holding Nikki, but then Nikki fights him off. And uh, so Weber just starts, just books it. And yeah. uh, so Pete chases after Weber while Nikki and MacGyver are left to secure Amunde. Right. So Mac's plan is to climb up on top of the train with one of the steam hoses and flood the train car with right. steam. 
Uh, in the meantime, Pete catches up with Weber, and they just have a friggin' brawl, yeah. and it is crazy. Yeah, it's like From Rush With Love if that was outside the train. Yeah, like, Pete is just getting beat the hell, and they're both, like, covered in blood and grease from yeah. the trains, and, and Weber tries to, like, pick, hit him with a pipe. It's a really intense set of, set of like, fights, and he's, like, goading him on, you're old, Pete. You're old and soft and pushing papers too it's long. It's kind of the same as the fight at the end of uh, Family Matter. Yeah. Like, just the two old men going at it. Mm-hmm. It's funny because he makes that the, the idiom, you've been pushing papers too long. It was like, you've been pushing papers across your desk for work for too long. Yeah. <laughs> Mac and Nikki successfully, like, flood the, the, the train car with steam. Yeah. Which is really the only, it's not even really a MacGyverism. There really are no MacGyverisms in this episode. That's true. Um, he's just just using stuff to make stuff happen. It's not like I'm like inventing anything. Yeah. Uh, and so when they run out of the train, they, they knock the two guys out and Pete wheels in a unconscious Weber all and Pete's just like, his face is all bruised. It's all swollen and he's like, he's got a loose tooth. He says, yeah. and he just looks like he's beat to crap. He looks he, like a hobo. Yeah. His it hair is like all, the, what little hair he has is all askew. Yeah. Um, he looks like Bill Murray at the end of uh, Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His hair is just like all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, as they continue along, Jack brings up uh, another crazy person who might want everyone dead, all three of them in particular. Yeah, uh, Murdoch. Murdoch. And that's when they come across an in memoriam for uh, three friends taken before their time. Yeah. And uh, and you were pointing out that it's it's still strange that they just don't put yeah, that it name. says Jack Dalton, Pete Thornton, and MacGyver, which I think at this point indicates that they had a very clear motive in mind that they were not going to reveal his first name. Right. They were going to save it for a very special episode somewhere in their last season. I mean, I'm sure that they must have had it, but none of the real situations that have, have been coming up have required him to give I think a it, first. it feels a little weird sometimes when, yeah. when he says just the last name and... It doesn't go any further than that. No one ever asks him, like, oh, what's your first name? And then mm-hmm. he has, like, some coy, like, non-response. It's it's never explicitly brought up. But this is the first time where it was, like, this is a glaring absence, the yeah. fact that it just says MacGyver here, and it had everyone else's full names. But we do also know from press clippings from when the show was originally started that in the pilot, at least, his name was Stacy at one point, mm. which I guess they ended up cutting around in the whole re-edit of that episode. Yeah, it never it never came up in conversation. Yeah, and so then they decided, well, you know what, since we didn't actually say a name in that episode, we can hold off and change it to whatever we want. So. Yeah. And it'll come back. What I, what I like, uh, another show that did something similar was Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, okay. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle, they never revealed the family's last name. Oh, interesting. I never like, noticed that. Yeah, they, they, you know, they always refer to each other, and people who come to see them always refer to them by their their names yeah yeah they never say what their last name is and in the last episode when uh, uh malcolm's graduating from high school they're they're announcing all the names and when they announce malcolm's name the mic gets feedback oh like, nice. just before he says the last name <laughs> so i guess in the script it could just say malcolm x yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as pete and mac read this obituary line that includes them a forklift just smashes down the roof of this cab, which they both have climbed into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just pushing and crunching them down. I don't know what, you know, you know. Spoiler alert that this is Murdoch, but yeah. Um, I don't like. What if MacGyver never got in the cab? 
I'm sure he watched them both get in it. Yeah, but like, but I'm wondering what his backup plan. Like, if Mac just like, oh, could because just like because he in. didn't wait for Dalton to show up. What if he right. hadn't waited for MacGyver even? Yeah, like, uh, like at some point you have to cut your losses and take what you can get. Yeah, because he can always. Get I guess he he saw that they had they had uncovered the fact that neither one of them invited the other person there. Yeah, he was already paranoid about them taking off. Uh, and so yeah, so he smashes down the roof with a forklift, and then just starts nudging and carrying the car across this wrecking yard with them stuck inside. Uh, the doors, the doors most likely are welded shut. Yeah. Like he, he, what if MacGyver had never even gotten in? Like he just, he showed up, but he was just standing outside with the that, permit. That's what I was saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, like he, the, Pete tells him to get in because I can't hear you while I'm upside down yeah, here yeah. in this cab. But then once he pulls the paper out, it's like they could have both gotten out right away. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but for the sake of plot, they both got in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Murdoch loads the cab into a semi-truck trailer. Right. And then closes the doors. And, and they're, take, they're taking careful attention to not show his identity. Yeah, but, they keep blocking his face with things. But, but we as the audience don't know who this man is. Right. So there's no big reveal. We, we don't know who it is. We just, it's, import, it's more important for MacGyver and Pete to see who it is. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a weird choice because like, it makes you think that we're supposed to know who this is. Um, yeah. Because it could be anybody that MacGyver has wronged in his <laughs> in his life. Or maybe that was the point: is that they they want us to start suspecting people right away. Like, mm. oh, you know what? This is Piedra, or this is Jack Dalton. <laughs> Can't be Murdoch, because the last time we saw Murdoch was Cleo Rocks, mm-hmm. and he escaped through a septic tank or something. Yeah, yeah, some like kind of sewage, sewage line. Pipe. So he's not in jail, as far as we know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, Unless yeah. He's been arrested in the meantime, and it went unmentioned. And uh, at this point, the prisoner has now tied Pete up, like, not to anything, just bound his hands and feet. I think yeah. Pete could have gotten Same to his... an easy target. Yeah. I think, well, but easy target, at least he was tied to a tree. And this, he's just tied... No, no, I mean easy target when they're in the basement. When, oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, why, what is the point of tying someone up if you're not affixing them to something? Yeah, Pete, Pete could have very easily gotten to his feet. Yeah. I mean, he's a big guy, but he would have made it take a couple tries to get his yeah. balance. But he could have done it, and he would have had to hop away. But again, you wouldn't be where they want you to be. Yeah. This is part of the plan. You don't want to be there. Uh, so Mac and Jack continue to like come down the trail, and they start finding stuff being left behind. Mac thinks it's Pete leaving stuff behind. Which we never really get an indication to that yeah. effect. So. Um, it's I, more like it's just stuff that's accidentally falling or, or being the person placed. is leaving. Yeah, I, I, I feel that the prisoner is yeah, the one who's leaving it's it. It's not a Mask of the Wolf situation. Um, and uh, we get another clip from Partners. So they get to um, Jack's apartment, sort of. I guess it's an apartment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the office it's apartment. The, it's the same underground apartment that we had in the last episode. But in the last episode... MacGyver is going there for the first time. Mm-hmm. This is seven years earlier, so that he should never have seen this place before. Right. But it, when he comes in this time, he's acting like he's been there a bunch of times and he knows where everything is. Yeah, exactly. Like he he may has have actually actually been staying there during the time that Jack's been in the hospital. It seems like maybe they just forgot that this was seven years ago and that he was only introduced to this apartment in last week's episode. Mm-hmm. But he just walks in like, oh, yeah, I know this place here. He keeps all the paperwork under the bed. Yeah. And so then he looks under the bed, doesn't, doesn't see anything suspicious, yeah. but he pulls out this this box of paperwork, 
and then he sits down on the bed and it clicks, which he doesn't even notice. Right, but right. Pete hears and freaks out about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sit on an old mattress bed and you're gonna. It's gonna click. Click, click, yeah. clang around. But Pete seems to think that that particular click sounds off. Yeah. And uh, MacGyver was all, it's the kind of click that you hear before kaboom. Yeah, which I wish he had just said boom, because the ka part of kaboom is the click. Yeah. And uh, as we saw in uh, Pirates, you know, like the first click is just a simple hello. Yeah. <laughs> hello, I'm a bomb. The second click. I is am manufactured very... to notify people before <laughs> I explode them. Just like this one. Right. But also. Um, MacGyver is a bomb expert and Pete's giving him like remedial lessons yeah. and like bomb defusal. And it's like, uh, Pete, I don't know if you know this. I hold the all time bomb defusal record yeah. from Vietnam. Potentially. We, we don't, we don't know if they ever broke it. Yeah. And then Pete's like, just, uh, commenting on the, like the magic of like the craftsmanship mm. of this bomb where in Deathlock season one, episode 14, MacGyver did the same thing. And Pete was like, it's a bomb. Like, how dare you pretend that it's art? This is yeah. a bomb. And it's like, yeah, but this time the target is me. This, the target was you both times, MacGyver. Yeah. There's really no excuse for you suddenly being scared of, mm -hmm. of a bomb that you didn't care about before. Uh, yeah, so Pete But it's also, it's a lot like the bombs at the end of Pirates that yeah. blow straight up. Exactly. So, so as long as MacGyver can get away from the bed rather than standing straight up, which would put him in the blast zone. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of like lethal weapon to the, the, the toilet scene, a lethal weapon too. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, or is it? Three? Wow. It, it is a lot like that scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but in that scene, they freeze the bomb with nitrogen to slow down the, the, the delay of the explosion. Yeah. Giving them time to dive into the bathtub. Um, this one blows up immediately. As soon as like Pete grabs MacGyver's arm and just, Pulls him off the bed. Um, no counting either for this one. They just kind of just kind of yanks him. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, the we get a really cool like explosion. And then feathers right slowly falling down. Yeah, it was. It's kind of a cool effect. Yeah. Um, it leaves like a perfect cartoon-sized hole. In the yeah, bed. yeah. Uh, and as a uh, Mac and Pete get up to check themselves, Pete's hair is all askew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rotated completely in place. And uh, Max, uh, your your thing is uh, <laughs> a little crooked up there. <laughs> and Max makes this great joke. It's like, I bet that kind of stuff comes in handy, like with uh, disguises and all, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so angry about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a disguise, MacGyver, <laughs> dick. When when he first sees the badge, he says, "Maybe it's a clue that this person has something to do with the Phoenix Foundation." Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it's just a badge. It's just, just something bad. Like, like he took the time to go through his wallet and find all his different kinds of credit cards yeah. and IDs and pulled out the one to yeah. leave and a the, clue. And the kidnapper was like, what are you doing? And it's like, hold on, I just got to find the right thing to leave. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's kind of silly. But at this point, MacGyver realizes that they, they need some help. So yeah. it's actually um, because they mentioned that uh, they talk about Pete's cabin right. that being nearby. And MacGyver goes, it used to be. Um, but that's when Murdoch <laughs> flamethrowers through a window. Yeah, he doesn't even like open a door or like hide somewhere in the apartment to attack him with a flamethrower. He's standing outside and mm -hmm. he's like, "All right, time to die." And he just flips on the flamethrower. Yeah. and points it at a door and just melts all the window out of the glass. Yeah, it was it was kind of a cool look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like he's 
burning up the inside and exterior of the cabin. And uh, Nikki and MacGyver are taking cover, and they grab a mattress. Right. Which they use as a shield. They push it up into to fill the door frame that the flames are coming in. Yeah. And so, but then Murdoch goes into the cabin and continues to burn the cabin all around Which, him. Which, how quickly that the flame cut through the glass window, yeah. there's no way it wouldn't tear right through a mattress. Yeah. But it didn't. Yeah. Thank goodness. But then uh, Nikki and Mac basically find another way out of the cabin. Um, and then for whatever reason, Murdoch moves into the cabin and mm-hmm. continues setting things on yeah, fire yeah. all around himself. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And um, so while Nikki and MacGyver are running towards the cars, Murdoch continues to burn things. Yeah. Um, and he's still standing in the middle of it. Yeah. Like all these flames. It's like, it's like doesn't this happen to you enough They're going to come back any minute now. Yeah. Maybe they're still in here. I'm pretty sure I saw them leave, but it could have been other people. Um, so they get up to their cars, and MacGyver's tires have been slashed. Right. So they're flat. Right. Which on a Jeep, I think you'd still be pretty safe to drive it. Um so they instead get into Nikki's car, and we get an insert shot before they get in of a bomb ticking down from a minute. Yeah. And it's like, which was odd because... The timer was already going. Yeah, so this no matter what, in a minute, this car would have been blown up. Yeah. But somehow he knew they would get in before it, um, or at least be around it. Yeah. And as soon as they get in and try to start the engine, the doors lock, and uh, the windshield wiper blade comes up with a flag that says, bye-bye, time to fry. Honestly, though, this guy sets so many traps... If I came out of my house and there were two cars to choose from, and one of them had all flat tires and the other one had all pristine tires, yeah, I'm gonna get get in the car with the flat tires. Like obviously yeah. the other one's trapped. Yeah, this this seemed it was too too suspicious. Yeah, and and also though, if he had time to do so much, why not just bomb both cars? Yeah, instead of bombing both cars for a minute, instead uh, of wasting your time mining the entire road. Yeah, like how long must that have taken? Not long. He just he, got into town, right? Not long. He had him. He had him pre pre strung. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver then hears the the loud audible digital ticking of the bomb going beep beep. Like every good bomb maker knows, it's important that there's a first click to say yeah, hello. It's, it's kind of like a Geneva Convention thing. Yeah. You're you're you can make a, a hidden bomb, but it has to be audible. Yeah. Um, it's like the opposite. Like it's like a concealed weapon law. Mm-hmm. It's like concealed explosives are illegal. <laughs> they have to be. Revealed partially. You can choose between sounds or smells. Yeah. This smells like dynamite. <laughs> um, so they, they get into the back of the, the kind of camper shell portion of this car, and uh, MacGyver kicks out the side window. Right. Um, and uh, they only get a couple of feet away before the car explodes. And, it and it's definitely like... an actual explosion happening behind these two Yeah, actions. yeah, yeah. I mean, they probably use, like, the that lens compression. Yeah, to thing. make them look a lot closer to it. Yeah. But... Uh, but it looked good, and it was—they looked like it was really them yeah. diving at it, diving for cover. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool slow mo shot. And uh, they try to. Nikki tries to run from where they are, but MacGyver stops her because that's when we find all the trip wires. Right. All for all the these road. landmines that he's put the whole way down the road, so they right. can't even take the other car. Yeah. Because the whole road is mined. Right. And they also can't walk through the woods around the mines. Apparently. I think it actually would have been a lot more effective if he hadn't slashed the tires on either car. Yeah. Or bombed either car. Because they would have gotten in it and been less likely to see the tripwires and exactly. run over mines. And then blown up. I think Murdoch just likes testing MacGyver. Yeah. Like, he knows that MacGyver will get out of all these situations. Yeah. What's cool is that Max says, go back down to Ellard's store. Which, because- yeah, was the store from 
was from from Widowmaker, where see Ellard in that episode. yeah, Ellard uh, hears the SOS being tapped into the line uh, uh, while uh, they're being chased by Murdoch. Right. So Jack leaves, and this is where the prisoner finally yeah. they decide they're going to split up, which always goes well. Yeah, it went went perfectly well in Easy Target. Oh wait, no, they both got kidnapped. Um. So now the prisoner reveals herself. What? A woman, and not only any woman, it is Deborah. 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 Because she's a Klingon, apparently. It's Deborah from... The Negotiator. Yeah, the Negotiator from... The titular Negotiator from The Negotiator. She was MacGyver's... First and last love, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, The yeah. only real relationship that he's had on the show. Um, and um, she was a pretty great villain. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see her come back. And uh, what's weird is, like, when she sees MacGyver, the first thing she recalls is a moment that they had that was tender and, and caring. Yeah. And what's he, even weirder is that she was released from prison without notifying the person who she attempted to assassinate multiple times. Yeah, exactly. And this is where I was going to get back to the thing. is like... She was. She turned herself in voluntarily and turned over evidence. Well, she didn't turn herself in voluntarily, but she turned in evidence. Yeah, she testified against the company. She, so, so maybe that's why she's getting out. Is because she got a deal. But but also, she would have had time to have taken care of her affairs. She wouldn't go in with money and the clothes she wore on her back. She would have already been changed into like prison uniforms. Like all her stuff would have been taken care of. Yeah. Like she wouldn't. It's not like she's. She's not in holding. Yeah. I, I don't understand what there, there would have been a trial. There, it didn't make any sense that she had all these things waiting for her in exactly two thousand dollars. Like yeah. that's just what she had on her. Yeah. No. Um, I think she was playing the long con, and she was like, "I'm going to testify against these people. I'm going to hit an ATM. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have all this stuff on me." So uh, as MacGyver continues down the trail, uh, he finds Pete's watch, um, and. Uh, and at, the, at this point, also, Jack is captured. And, and like, she, she just gets into the Jeep with, with Jack. Yeah. Because Jack get, takes MacGyver's Jeep to go get help, and she just goes, oh, hi, you're going this way now. Yeah. Um, and so Jack is brought over to where Pete is, and uh, we get a quick flashback of the crazy boat bombing that MacGyver was yeah. in. Or he got, he got, what was it called? Flash, flash burn, yeah. Yeah, flash burn on his on his eyes, so he was blinded for the rest of that episode. Which Jack seems to be remembering. He says, "Oh, she's the one who blinded MacGyver." Yeah. I think we cut immediately from that to him getting on a boat. Yeah, getting on a boat to nowhere. Like they don't really explain properly where he's going. Yeah. It's just like, all right, well, I gotta go. Yeah, on this boat. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's going to maybe take water samples or something. It's not explained. Yeah. But but it's she interesting. just admitted that she's in love with him because she's trying to yeah get him to just believe her hook, line, and sinker. And he's like, all right, well, help me get this boat out of the yeah, water. He, I'm out of here. He doesn't answer her when yeah. she says, "I love you." Yeah. Um, which maybe maybe that was the indicator to her that she's failed yeah. in option three. Yeah. And option four is ready to go. It's interesting also to note that MacGyver owns a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Other than his houseboat. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. which is really hard to just to take places. Yeah. Although people will do that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so yeah, MacGyver sails off on his boat. And we get a quick image of him sitting out in the water. Uh, I mean, he gets maybe 400 yards away. Yeah, yeah, he's not that far. And she 
flips the switch and we get this crazy explosion and a dummy body just yeah. flipping through the air into the, the water. Ragdoll MacGyver gets launched up into the sky and then drops into the ocean. So she gags Pete and Jack now, which Pete wasn't gagged before. Right. She waited until now. Um, and uh, at this point, MacGyver finds the Jeep, which is now ahead of him on the trail, which, mm-hmm. you know, sh- Jack should have been long gone by now. Um, and uh, and she finds a letter from Deborah, and and he reads it with her like attitude. Yeah, and it's also like handwritten, like it's it's definitely like feminine handwriting, and it's signed by Deborah. Mm-hmm. But he has to read the whole letter before he knows that it's from Deborah. But he but he says Deborah's name out loud, like he's coming to that conclusion, even right. though it's signed Deborah. It's signed Deborah. Yeah. And 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 when he's reading the letter, she like scoffs at yeah. a line she said. My sight for sore eyes. <laughs> yeah. Come and get Pete. It's I think like, it might as well have had scoff in parentheses yeah. in the letter. I was like, how are you reading it with her scoff? <laughs> yeah. But, and then she says, a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> like, what a clever joke I just made. And then in the flashback, she had already made that joke. Yeah. And she was super excited about the joke she made at that time. Yeah. And, uh, and then that's when it clicks for her. MacGyver, he's like, mm. sight for sore eyes. That's something that Deborah said. And then it's like, yeah, letter signed by Deborah. Letter signed by Deborah. <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> My powers of deduction tell me that this letter was written by the person whose name appears at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but are they truly mine? <laughs> ah. Uh, MacGyver has a couple of like really conflicting flashbacks about Deborah, like. The good and the bad, and we kind of get we get the whole where pretty much the whole warehouse scene. So he he's forced to like crawl, stumble away because he doesn't know where he is, and he's hitting all kinds of like barrels and wheels of cable and stuff like that in this warehouse. Um, he doesn't even like he he picks a place to hide, but he doesn't even know where he is or if he's sitting out in the open or not. Yeah. And as Debbie comes to, she doesn't know where he's gone, but she suspects he must still be in the warehouse. Because she starts talking to him a lot. Yeah. It's another one of those, like, um, John DeLancey and uh, The Escape, where someone's just talking for the sake of talking, so that right. there's sound to go in the background of MacGyver's plot. Mm-hmm. So MacGyver peels off his uh, bandages and starts trying to get a focus, which is still, his eyes aren't fully adjusted to uh, anything, really. Yeah. So he's he's got blurred vision, it's hard to see, things are bright, and... Uh, but one of the things he manages to spot is a piece of pipe, which he just kind of lobs off in a direction. I to guess to try and distract her in that in that direction. Right? I mean, you think she'd be professional enough to know? You never go towards the noise you hear. Right. But he also okay. So assuming that that what he wanted her to think was that he had tripped over this pipe on his way out that door that was that way. Right. He didn't know there was a door over there. No. So when he threw the pipe, all he knew was that she would maybe approach that sound. Right. But not that she would be on the other side of a wall, that she wouldn't be able to see him mm-hmm. walk right up to the truck and start doing, doing All kinds stuff. of stuff, yeah. yeah. Because that's what he does. She runs outside, and he crawls underneath his truck after getting the jumper cables from inside and starts... I mean, I don't know how Jeeps work, but he seems to find the battery contacts. Yeah, that... and there's, like, jumper cables in the back seat, and then he crawls underneath the Jeep and unplugs the the coolant mm-hmm. yeah, so that would... there's a big green puddle under the car. Right. And then he hooks up half of the jumper cables to the, to battery. the battery. 
and then he holds on to the other half and just stands in front of the Jeep. I'm wondering, was the Jeep still running? I don't think it was. Okay. But the battery would still have juice. All right, yeah, because I, I was wondering, like, because it'd probably be more of a jolt if, like, he connected to the alternator Yeah, that's true, kind of actually, because I don't know how many volts a, a car battery is, but I still don't volts. feel like it's enough to, like, knock a person out like he does with her. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it would, it would, it would shock you enough that it would hurt. But she goes unconscious. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've seen, I've seen footage of people touching electric fences. That's way yeah, more that's juice. Yeah, that's like hundreds of thousands of volts. Yeah, and, and they, don't, they, don't, they don't get knocked out because they, yeah, they, yeah. they're screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I was wondering if maybe if the, if the car was still running and he hooked it up to the alternator in some kind of way. Yeah, maybe. But uh, so she comes back in and uh, – He, he kind of gives himself up to lure her towards the truck. Right, right. She makes a couple of bad puns. Um, like, cause she finds his bandages oh, yeah. and she goes, am I a sight for sore eyes or what? Yeah. Like she's reveling in the moment. Um, and so he, yeah, like you said, he comes out to try to lure her over and she tests his vision cause she's not sure if she, if he can see her or not cause his eyes are still damaged. Yeah. So she throws up like a stick or a piece of pipe and MacGyver doesn't react to it until he hears the sound. Yeah, and then he turns his head to look at it as if he thinks she's over that way now. Right, and so now she's convinced that she can just approach him without any trouble. Yeah. Um, which is what she should have done in the beginning. Yeah. Instead of talking to him and men- and telegraphing her moves. Um, yeah, or just been like, oh man, you know what? I think this gas station is closed. And then hit him with a pipe yeah. in the head as hard as she can. Any number of things she could have yeah. done. So she approaches him, and he's sort of behind his back, got the other right. end of the, of the jumper cables. And then when she finally steps into the puddle, with her boots, yeah, her rubber-soled boots. Her protective boots. Yeah, that would, that would prevent her electrocution. Then he tosses the, uh, the other end of the jumper cables into the puddle. Although, you know what I was just thinking just now? What's that? She was outside in the rain, and she's probably soaked. Maybe. That's the only thing I can think that... that that's the only way I could think that Maybe. that would have worked. That's possible, too. But, but it if, wouldn't have worked otherwise. Yeah, but it would also at least have dampened the electricity going to her. It wouldn't That's have been the full force of the of the battery. Yeah. Because, I mean, people know about electricity is it, it finds the path of least resistance. Yeah. Not the path of most resistance. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it's enough to shock her and knock her out. Um, and then... He takes the knife out of her hand. Yeah, he takes the knife out of her hand. And he's like, he's like looming over her. And, and, like, examining the knife. And then he says, I think it's about time we renegotiated. Yeah. And and the, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, what is he going to do here? Yeah, it's like, like, you broke his heart. He could do anything right now. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, I guess he leaves her alive. Yeah. Um, some, I don't mind doing clips on a clip show, but when you do an entire scene. I think it was worse on Friends. I mean, there was less to draw from then, so they had to use longer chunks. But. Oh, yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, so MacGyver f- tries to sneak up on where Pete and Jack are and signal Pete, but Deborah's already there. She's a professional. She knows what's going on. Yeah. And so she orders MacGyver, MacGyver. That's his name. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> she orders MacGyver to come out, and she's basically explaining the reason she's doing this was that she started to actually have feelings for MacGyver. Right. And she wanted to verify that she could still be a professional and put her feelings aside 
and kill MacGyver. Right. And be okay with it. Because he's the one that got away. He's like... In a couple different ways. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm going to set up this this great like moment here. She says, usually I can find something I hate about the people. He's like, but MacGyver with you, I couldn't find anything to hate. And MacGyver goes, sorry. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, there it is. There it is. I found it. So humble. You're so freaking smug. I'm sorry I'm so perfect. (laughs) Okay, there. Finally, now I can kill you. I was like, I would kill MacGyver after saying something like that. I was like, oh man, that was awful. (laughs) Uh, So, as uh, as Deborah's kind of giving her monologue, Jack has wiggled a rock into in between his feet, which are tied still. Yeah. And somehow he's very accurately able to toss this rock with his legs. Yeah. And not not enough to hurt her, but enough to get her to turn around and turn around to aim her gun at Jack. Like, I'm going to kill you for that. Yeah. And MacGyver apparently had discreetly tucked away Pete's pocket fisherman. Yeah. And he just extends it and then whip cracks yeah. the gun out of her hand, which, ugh. I had to hurt. Yeah, that's awful. And so the gun falls. Jack kicks the gun towards the cliff, which looks like it had been kicked there a hundred times because all the dirt is like freshly disturbed at the edge of that cliff. This is take seven of the gun kick. Because they keep kicking him over the cliff. Yeah, there's just a pile of desert eagles (laughs) at the bottom. No, I can do this. (laughs) Come on, let me try it again. Uh uh, and then, so as Deborah runs for the gun, Pete gets in on the action and trips her. And then and she so, falls over the edge of this cliff. Yeah, but she grabs on by her root. And, and this uh, is a really weird moment because she has footing, mm-hmm. like, and she keeps looking down, like, "Oh, I can stand here." Mm-hmm. Like, so she seems like totally comfortable on that side of the cliff. Yeah, and it seems like she's playing a trick on MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. she's going to pull him over. That's but exactly then, what's happening. But then she pulls a knife on him. <laughs> but it, then it just falls apart, like. <laughs> Well, had she not tried to cut him with a knife and just grab him and pull him? Yeah. It would have then worked. Then they both would have died, but... But I, I, th- I think at this point that she's resolved to that. Yeah. Um, but instead, stabbing him seems like the better... Yeah. Because if I stab him, he'll just stop helping me? Yeah. Um, he just bleeds out there on the cliff like yeah. his friends aren't going to take him to a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... She tries to stab him. MacGyver pulls away, and that's when the footing that she's on gives out. Yeah. And she just falls. It's yeah. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, Mac- not, not as brutal as Mike's death. Yeah. But still rough. Yeah, because MacGyver cared about Mike. Yeah. Um, it's not that and he, also, she fell a lot further. Yeah. Yeah, MacGyver goes, no. And he looks back. Ah, she's still falling. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I hope these words get to you before you get to the bottom. So sound travels fast. <laughs> 766 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, she falls onto some rocks, too, yeah. which are, it looks particularly painful. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's how Murdoch survived, is he landed right on Mike's body. <laughs> <laughs> no, they never found her body. Me until just now. What I land on? He fell from the exact same place, so it's yeah, yeah. a reason he should have landed right on Mike. <laughs> Maybe that was the implication of the beginning. Like, how could he possibly survive this fall? What if someone else fell first? 
Let's write a cold open. Uh, <laughs> the only reason they killed Mike <laughs> was to explain how Murdoch survived the fall. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Uh, Everything's falling into place. <laughs> no, I'm not no, laughing. Okay. So the Act 5 is the coroner removing Deborah's body and Pete telling the fable of the scorpion and the turtle, which I which always is the frog. It's that's what I thought. That's yeah. how I had always heard it, but I looked it up, and originally it is the scorpion and the turtle. Really? Yeah, like that's the old old fable. Not okay. the the Aesop fable was adapted to be a frog, I guess, to be more logical. Oh, okay. Because the turtle has a shell. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the scorpion would be stung to death because the turtle couldn't retract itself into a shell. Yeah. Um, also, here's another problem. For some reason. Pete had never heard of this fable in the pilot. Because <laughs> MacGyver's yeah. like, hey, you ever heard about the scorpion? It stung itself to death. And then he's like, what are you talking about? Well, it's not Pete no. in the pilot. That's true. <laughs> well, what, it, it was, what was his name? Something else? Yeah, it was, it was something else, but it, but it was still Dana Elkar. That makes sense. So the main difference between Andy whatever and Pete yeah. is that Andy had never heard that fable. <laughs> he has. For some reason, now MacGyver's never heard of it. Yeah, MacGyver's never heard of it. And... and, and I guess it's supposed to bring comfort to MacGyver. Like, they, there was nothing you could have done for her because she's just inherently bad. Yeah. But they didn't uh, say that about, you know, Steve last week. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing you could have just done for her. Just go get that surgery where you take the part of her brain out that's messed up. <laughs> that's all you got to do. Yeah. And then Jack Nicholson smothers you with a pillow. <laughs> Wait, that's not... <laughs> or no, the Native American does. <laughs> Jack, go get, go get Chief. <laughs> we go get chief we gotta do a, a we're doing a thing oxygenectomy on this person uh so that's the that's the season finale yeah deborah we were so worried about deborah coming back to kill macgyver i guess that we had to take care of her yeah we can't have two professional killers after macgyver one who's in love with him and he and one who's in love with killing him yeah and unfortunately, Piedra's dead, so he's not coming back. Yeah. He died in a way that a coroner could confirm. <laughs> not like how Murdoch dies every time. Yeah. With, we don't know where he is. Yeah. And that's about it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any thoughts you want to share on this, uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. So that, that's season four. That's season that's four. That's season four. We're wrapped on season four. I think um, ending your your season with a clip show is silly. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you, Seinfeld. <laughs> but I also think uh, that this was, for me, not as good as Friends. Even though Friends was like one location and mm-hmm. everybody was just in a room, I liked having... All the characters come back, like yeah. having Terry Hatcher, having Michael Goodwin, having you know Harry shows up, mm-hmm. and, and Robin Curtis, Robin and Curtis, and having everybody come back, and all these like little props that were like, you know, little like love notes to specific mm-hmm. episodes. But then this one just felt like they, you know, they pulled over off the side of a road and shot an episode like that they improvised, and then just tried to come up with reasons for bringing up like it, the connections to the previous episodes seemed forced yeah in the, in for the sure. absence of the characters that were relevant to the story mm-hmm. um hi addy hi addy
You're going to go to Big TV with Nana today? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Where are you going? Going to the Big TV with Nana. Then. Oh, going to see Finding Dory? <clears throat> she saw it yesterday. Oh. Did you like Finding Dory? Yeah, did you like it? Can you go find Mama? She's in the big bed. Oh, there she is. <laughs> no, that's really cute. I think I think I like the Friends one though better than this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering season five. Yeah. Episode one, Legend of the Holy Rose. And this is how you kick off a season. It's a solid episode. And we also have a guest for that episode because we have the, the conclusion of our conversation with uh, Michael Ensign. Yes. Um, that'll probably go in the second half. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But, um, but yeah, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.